0: Hey everyone, it's a new week of Find Your Film, the Find Your Film podcast. This is episode 128. The reason why I'm chipper this week is I try to do a good job, but sometimes myself gets in the way of things, and I I schedule a lot of interviews, and... My, my niece's birthday was this week, and I'm going to start off this interview by thanking Eric the, Eric the criminal. You're not Eric the criminal. You're Eric the Holmes. You're Eric Holmes. Can you tell our listeners for episode 128, what, what good deed did you do for
1: us? our team? What did you do this week for us? Well, my criminality depends on what week can you catch me, but I uh, <laughs> did an interview uh, with Scott Mann, director of The Fall. Or fall, not the fall, but fall. Fall. And okay. Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. That was, a, that was a fun interview to do, and we got a bunch of information on uh, the making of a movie. We're about to talk. to we're going to talk about today. So no, we're not. We're not, we're not. We're not going to talk.
0: I, I refuse. Bruce, do you want Eric to talk about the making of Fall? What do you think? You're you're the, you're the breaking boat. Are we going to do it? Or are we going to submarine or torpedo is his discussion of Fall? What do you think?
2: Well, I think you mean. You're not going to talk
0: about it. Right? Oh okay, <laughs> okay, very oh, wait,
2: very. You are going to talk about it. You actually did watch it I didn't did
0: you? I did finally see it. I it was yeah, so Bruce was referring to a, one movie that I was not able to see this week. actually, if you count them all, there's a couple movies I was not able to see this week. We'll get to that in a second. Bruce, how was your week of watching movies? I see on emblazoned in the, your virtual background Wolf children what, what led you to Wolf children again? I'm, I'm, uh, you were just hunting it down. You're, you love anime. what's going on with wolf children?
2: Well, everybody has been watching Bell because it it dropped onto, I think, HBO Max. Of course, Mm -hmm. we talked about that five months ago, four months ago. I was talking to Peter Beta about it, and then he had uh, got himself a copy of Wolf Children, which is an earlier movie by the same director, and he uh, decided to share me his digital copy. So uh, I got to watch Wolf Children as well, because it is impossible to stream. Really? Do you think, oh, well, Anywhere. anywhere anywhere, buy it to stream. Okay, so this is, a good, physical copy.
0: this is going to be one of Bruce Perky's recommendations. We'll get to see if he's being very indignant regarding that it's, it's not available for streaming or phys, physical media. I mean, who knows? It might be a really cool review, but might might be a sad review because a lot of us, including me and Eric and the rest of the mass of cinephiles, might not be able to watch Wolf Children if you live in a certain area of the Earth. There's We have a lot of movies to cover, but here's a little bit of a slight bad news. Eric Holmes, can you tell our listeners what... Because of the, the lineup we have, what are we pushing back for one week up to next week? What do we have to push back, Eric Holmes?
1: Oh, we're going to push back the the director's spotlight, of Bobcat Goldthwait. And we're officially doing uh, Sleeping Dogs Lie in Willow Creek. But uh, I, watched, uh, I watched a couple more this week, and I think Bruce is going to watch another one this week, so it will just be more Bobcat for next week,
0: more Bobcat Colthwaite for next for next week, and then the week after that we're actually push even though we're pushing Bobcat one week we we like to do director spotlight spotlights once every two weeks, so we're not going to actually push back Bruce's choice. And Bruce, I guess you're gonna. Are you going to announce your choice for di- your director spotlight? Even though it comes out in two weeks, you're gonna du- you're gonna announce it next week on the on the episode because I'm sure you probably
2: haven't thought about it yet. Of course, I haven't thought about it yet. No, I've, I have <laughs> But sure, I can announce it next week. There's no reason to announce it before we've even done the last one. So, but I will mention that this gives people another week to watch some Bobcat movies, and a lot of them are on Tubi and other places, and they're pretty easy to find. Although I would highly advise if you could get a, a physical copy. His, uh, his, his, his. Uh, my, my brain's losing the yes, <laughs> His I commentary. Know. His commentaries are fantastic and almost like a whole other experience on top of the movie itself. So,
0: well, what makes them so fantastic, from your estimation, just listening to whatever you've listened to regarding the audios? Well, comments? it's
2: that combination. If you know Bobcat, he, I mean, he's a comedian, obviously a stand-up comedian. So he's going to tend to to kind of bring some funny stuff and some energy to commentary, as opposed to some directors, you know, they just kind of sometimes just like, just kind of watch it. You hear like, like grunt a couple times during it, but he, and he is super forthright about, and not, you know, precious at all about. What happened in the making of it, and very uh, it'll say, oh, oh yeah, you know that that, oh yeah, we totally messed up on that, or he'll like, just go <laughs> off on on all the little details. So for anyone who enjoys his movies and his personality, it's just it's just absolutely value added. Okay, cool. Now, Eric Holmes, you spent a, a
0: lot of time with a, with a director this week, or actually last week, with the Find Your Film game. Can you tell us what was going on with that? That's actually featured in our podcast feed, and we can plug some of his work. What was what was your weekend oh, yeah. like with?
1: I uh, saw Colin uh, McFadden. I uh, saw his new short, and we uh, did a find-your-film game of the Coen Brothers. Uh, spoiler alert. Coen Brothers, or uh, Big Lebowski, comes nowhere near the top. Not even close.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. The, wow. The Big Lebowski doesn't come close. Who knows? Maybe Maybe the final. Check out the, our hodgepodge. It's on our podcast feed with Kyle the, McFadden.
1: Yes. The, the fun thing about that game, though, is like I usually – usually what we come across is um, like, oh, this is the actor we're doing or director or whatever, and uh, we're trying to pick our favorite. And usually there's like a dark horse or two that come in, or it's like, oh, I forgot about that one. Yep, yep, that one's a winner. With the with the Cohen brothers, it was a little odd because just going through their whole filmography, by the time we were done, it was like, these guys are pretty good. I mean, I knew the Cohen brothers were good, but it, it it's hard to – like until you break down their movie one by one, it's hard to really uh, uh it didn't realize how solid their filmography was. Like even their bad movies are still pretty watchable. Unless you absolutely hate intolerable cruelty, then
0: Which know. I do not. I do not. I, I actually enjoy myself. I remember I was at a screening of that and I said, Well, this is a fun movie, but I don't feel like it's a Coen Brothers movie, but probably if I see it again I probably I might like it more. Who knows? I, I still enjoy myself. Yeah. Did you like Intolerable Cruelty, Bruce Berkey? Did you find that actually passable entertainment at at the very least?
2: I didn't like it too much at the time, but I've only watched it once. And as they mention on the game, and is very true with the Coen Brothers, almost every time the first viewing is not the best viewing. So if you like something okay on a first viewing of Coen Brothers, you probably should give it another try and you might like it and or love it. Okay, so yeah. Anyways, so... Yeah,
0: you agree, Bruce? Regarding uh, Eric, it's uh, every single Cohen Brothers film is just. Pat- I mean, at the wor- very worst, it's still good entertainment. Or it's. Yeah, or is that
2: with Cohen Brothers? It's a lot of times it's a matter of whether it's a classic or a really really good movie. <laughs> you know, so the the difference between them usually is miles above what another directors might be. You know, so they're they're at another level most of the time. So, speaking and- of. An- Oh yes, Eric Holmes, yes sir. I
1: believe uh we'll probably have uh Kyle on again soon because he's got his uh his previous short Iris and that should be available. He he didn't say he wasn't sure when, but it'll be available soon. And it'll probably be a while before his other short's available. But I mean, hey, he's a cool guy, so uh, An excuse to have him on again, I'm cool with.
0: So, Kyle McFadden, he is the co director of two shorts, one of them being the aforementioned Iris that came out, um, I think, in festivals maybe a year, year and a half ago. We covered it here on Find Your Film. All three of us really loved it. Actually, Kyle resent us this short that I don't, I haven't had time to re watch it. I just remember all of us really digging it. His latest short is called A Data Love. That's not available anywhere in the public. And so we all enjoyed it. Uh, there's really not much to, to, I don't really want to spoil it too much, but it's just basic, basically a guy talking to a phone and it's a enclosed space in an apartment and the, the shot selection, the sense of claustrophobia and the way that uh, the short within a span of what, 13 minutes switches up tones. Bruce and Eric, you both enjoyed a uh, data love directed by Kyle McFadden and uh, AJ Marson. Did you guys enjoy it?
1: Oh yeah. In fact, um, he said that they're uh, looking to do one more short and then hopefully uh, maybe get a uh, feature length off the ground after that, which I hope happens sooner than later because he's pretty fucking good. Yeah, pretty. pretty <laughs> Shirts yeah. are pretty damn good. So they're- I can't wait to see, like you get these little bite-sized morsels, these delicious morsels that he's been putting out. And uh, I can't wait to see, uh, experience a full meal. And I think it'll be great. Yeah, I agree with you. What do you think, Bruce? Uh, from A Data
0: Love and Iris, Kyle McFadden, A.J. Marson, they, they show promise as a duo, a directing duo from your from those two shorts you've seen.
2: Yes, I, I think so. Absolutely. And what I was going to point out without talking about them specifically, but whereas the first one kind of shows you their ability to edit and move the camera and build tension, there's, there's a lot of like, like filmmaking visual techniques you're seeing there uh, along with the storytelling. But the second one really highlights, you know, relationship dialogue, the way that dialogue can like be unpredictable and, and really naturalistic and tell a story as well. And I think for them, it could be kind of a good proof of concept reel, you know, between those two say like, Hey, we can do both sides of the equation. You should give us a big movie, a full movie. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think it's, um, it's good at showing that they're versatile as well. I believe.
0: Yes, yeah, so we're, we're excited to one of these days. Who knows? They'll be they'll be on our show to promote their first film, or if they're smarter, if they actually go off to greener <laughs> pastures, they'll just say "F you, Eric," "F you, Greg," That's and "F you, here. Bruce." Yes, we're gonna go Which, oh, By
1: the way, completely fair, completely fair. <laughs> Unfair. F I agree, you guys. I disagree.
0: We're going to go to, we're going to go on and, and hop on to Andrew Watches Movies or Force 5 Podcast or Middle Class Film Class. So we, right. we have a whole bunch. F, find your film. What's What say you, Eric? So you say, you say it's fair. Bruce says it's not fair. What do you think? Way of the world?
1: Yeah, we'll just flip a coin and see what happens. We'll just flip a coin
0: FYF your film FYF your film Alright, let's start off with Let's start off with our first featured review this week And we were talking about fall Might as well talk about fall right now thing happened to you i just want you to be able to move on with your life
1: come here it's coming up on a year i have something that's planned and i need a partner in crime the b67 tv tower i haven't climbed since becky if
0: you don't confront your fears you are always going to
1: be afraid Uh. (gasps) let's do it let's climb your stupid tower You're they awesome! That is the Becky that we need for this trip. This is sick. Damn it, Hunter. What are you getting us into? Okay, so just stay behind me,
0: one rung at a time.
2: See? It's easy.
1: you to come out here. Hey, trust me. We have 50 feet of rope. I think I can drop myself lower. Ugh. Okay, I'm going to jump onto the flag. Hunter,
2: no. Hunter! Every hour that passes, the weaker we get. If anyone called 911, they'd be here by now.
0: What is it that Dan used to say? If you're scared of dying,
2: don't be afraid to live.
0: fall how do you explain it it's really what what kind of tower is this they're they're up there i don't know how many feet high bruce what kind of tower is it eric can you guys mention what what type it's, of tower i'm not good I, with
1: i think it's just like one of the like uh you see like when you're driving and you see the little red dot flashing in the in the air it's just one of those straight radio towers as far as the like as far as the plot this one's extremely simple you know, it's got the 15 minutes or so of uh, character set up. And then uh, for reasons that they explain in the movie, they go to climb the top of a tower, a rickety, rusty, shitty-ass tower uh, that's an abomination of engineering. And <laughs> uh they get to the top of the tower, and things fall apart, and they get stuck there. So this is like 127 hours up in the air, pretty much. And holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly, yes,
0: it stars Grace Carolyn Curry. She plays, oops, I'm sorry, that is uh, my bad. That is Grace Carolyn Curry. She plays Becky, and her best friend is Hunter, played by Virginia Gardner. Pretty much a lot of this is just two people on top of that radio tower. Jeffrey Dean Morgan also has a bit role in this movie, which comes out Friday, August 12th, only in theaters, directed by Scott Mann, co-written by Scott Mann and Jonathan Frank. Bruce, let's start with you regarding your thoughts. And, and again, like Eric was mentioning, this is from the producers of 47 Meters Down. So it's a very, very simple concept. I, I'm assuming on the theater, this is one of those movies that I feel like in the theater, it'll really upscale
2: your viewing experience. What is your overall thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I think I think so. I think that being in the theater and getting that vast screen in front of you to kind of accentuate the uh, <laughs> the heights that you're going to be watching in this movie would definitely uh increase the enjoyment but i, I would say it, it's also would be a great streaming pick i think when it does come out available on streaming or i could see this is just one of those easy like hey let's watch something fun on a saturday night kind of movies too i think so because you don't have to pay super close attention to the dialogue you know you don't have to like concentrate on the intricacies of the relationships going on it's you know these people up on a tower they're stuck on a tower how are they going to get off the tower or are they going to get off the tower and what's going to happen? I think the biggest question you have in a movie like this, first of all, is do you believe the predicament? Is it seem fake or does it seem real? And does the danger affect you as a viewer? And I would say on that front, yes, absolutely. My first question was to Eric and I'll let Eric address it was to the filmmaker. It's like, how much of this is real? And how much of this is this green screen? Because I couldn't really tell. I mean, there's a few things you may say, okay, obviously that's not probably real. Cause they're, I don't know. Something that they're encountering, something at a height, like very close. And that might not have happened. But then the other big thing on a movie like this is like, well, how are you going to maintain our interest with this very limited setup for, I don't know, how long is this movie? An hour and 45 minutes or something like that? Yeah, something exactly. Like that. Yeah. And that's the another question. Like, how does that work? Does it work well? Because, I mean, you start off and you're interested because of just the danger of it. And then you get the predicament and then you get them dealing with the predicament. But like, what are you going to do for the rest of the movie? And I think that's where this movie does a really good job. I think the, for me, and I was telling this to um, Eric as well. I think I thought it was just fine. It was good. I was enjoying myself, but for me, the final act I'm not going to talk about what the final act is, but the final act kind of nailed the landing, I guess I would say. <laughs> it really nailed the landing. It, some people it might get a little too preposterous. For me, in a movie like this, I don't hold it quite to the same standards, and I kind of want it to go a little bit there, and it does go a little bit there, and I was very satisfied by that.
0: Yeah, best use of a tennis shoe ever in the history of cinema, <laughs> I thought. <but> <laughs> a lot me. of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I used to love birds before this movie. Anyways, Eric Holmes... <laughs> <laughs> so, were you triggered by this movie? And I guess we're going to address some of the green t- green screen stuff as well that you addressed so, with your interview. Yeah.
1: So, um, <clears throat> the opening, it, it did the thing right off the bat. They have a, a great opening and then they cut the time later. I'm like, oh. So, right away, I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. And then they, they dispense with the, the character stuff, you know, within like 10 minutes from there. And, uh, as soon as they start climbing that tower, I just see the, the ladder kind of rattling and the, the, you know, bolts, you know, bolts like, uh, being all loose and everything. I'm just, I, I start getting PTSD of like when, uh, when me and my friends used to just climb random shit, uh, We get high and climb random shit when we're in our 20s which by the way brilliant thing to do yeah let's get fucked up and climb something dangerous that's that's the way to spend a weekend uh but i i watch him climbing that and i'm like oh oh god and plus it's a movie so i kind of you kind of know where these kind of things lead and uh the thing is climbing that tower they don't rush that oh we're gonna we're gonna we're going to take our sweet ass time climbing the top of this tower. <laughs> and every time they're doing, it, I'm like, just get to the fucking top already. So you can get down. <laughs> like the, the whole time I'm watching this thing. And then when they get to the to- top of the tower and they get stuck on there, um, you could probably watch the the teaser trail, which by the way, that teaser trailer is probably you could like that. That was it's scary. Thing. That was the thing that I saw that. And I'm like, dude, and I sent it to you guys. I'm like, this looks great. And, and I think they delivered on everything. So once they got to the top of the tower and they're just sitting there, okay, they're, they're fine. I guess, uh, on that tiny ass crow's nest or whatever the fuck you call that platform at the top. And they start getting tired and just kind of like, I'm like, Oh, fucking like pretty much this entire movie. I'm just like almost looking away. From, I think you probably looked at the screen like five times throughout <laughs> the whole thing. The whole time like, Oh God, God, they're going to fall. Uh, this was, uh, stressful as fuck. To watch and uh it's it's playing in a theater uh near me tomorrow so i'm probably gonna go watch it in theaters because i hate myself <laughs> <laughs> um it, if you have any sort of like acrophobia or more specific to what i have is uh um context related acrophobia like if i'm on the top of a building i'm fine if i'm on top of a ladder that's going clank 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 i'm like get me the fuck off this thing <laughs> yeah and the, the I, yeah i was uh that was a just a huge ball of stress the entire time watching this. Which so would, I mean, would you
0: give a a warning? So then you're warning some viewers if you have issues with maybe I don't know vertigo. I, I, think, or I, think, it,
1: just- I think it works better because um, that's that's it's why you go on roller coasters. You know, it's it's why you watch movies like this. That this movie's a thriller through and through. And I think uh I think the warning might be that if you don't if you don't have that kind of reaction, maybe this won't hit you as hard. But it if you do have that kind of reaction, your heart'll be racing, you'll be just uh a ball of stress like I was. And this movie's gonna be like, you know, that that's why you're gonna go to a movie like this, to to kind of get those uh get those kind of emotions, but do it you know, in the safety of a movie theater or your home or wherever you're going to watch it at. This
0: movie completely worked for me. There are some things, some directions that this movie goes to. I don't know. Some people might say, oh, well, I saw this a mile coming. And well, I, I did see a couple things, a couple miles coming. But I still love the execution. I thought it was completely lean. And I thought, well, like Bruce was saying, it's what, 105, 105 plus minutes. I thought I'd be bored maybe. I'd, I wouldn't like it. For maybe I would, I'd probably just want it to be an eighty-minute movie. No, I, I just I was so nervous throughout a lot of this movie that I think it you don't feel good a lot of times watching this movie, and you want things to to work out. And I I really love some of the directions the side turns as fall goes through. So overall, I'm giving this movie even an upscale of three and a half. Three and a half is just like a, a recommend. This is a little bit more of a recommend for me. This is a, a four out of five star film for me. That is fall August twelfth. Bruce, what is your rating, overall rating regarding fall?
2: Well, if I underst- understand Eric's rating system right, I think I should probably rate this a three-star banger because I think that mm-hmm. you could blame it on certain things. Like you could say, well, you know, this, the acting isn't, the dialogue isn't like spectacular. It's just there. And the story is very simple, but it's so much fun. So I, I think I'll call it a three-star banger.
0: Three star banger. What about you, Eric?
2: I figured out how to rate on. uh, If anyone else wants to adopt our three star banger, uh, if you're on Letterbox, because you can do three stars, four stars, whatever. I do three stars and a heart for a three star (laughs) banger. Oh, very, very cool. Three (laughs) stars and a heart for it. So, do you agree with that
0: three star banger for your rating for fall?
1: Yeah, yeah, because like you know, there's there's certain you know certain parts of this movie that um you know the the pretty much like the very beginning and the very end. uh, are are fine they're they're not bad but holy crap like just the the whole middle just got my heart racing the entire time and yeah I'm, I'm three star banger on this too because also this this is this might be something that uh someone else might watch it and not get the got not get the same reaction as me uh maybe the complete opposite reaction i don't know but th- this is like this is kind of I, I think also where three star banger lives where it's like if you're in you're fucking in and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of where this lives. And this just nailed everything. Well, um, it isn't part of the three-star banger thing to the idea
2: of it is that like, this isn't shooting to be yeah. know, an Oscar movie. Yeah. This is shooting to be like a, a thriller that gives you thrills and, and how, a few twists and gives you some really fun, a fun time at the movies. That's what this is doing. And I think it succeeds in all accounts when that comes with that. I'm also
1: trying to, I'm also trying to think of the, the, the weird thing is I'm torn between three-star banger and a five-star <laughs> but i guess like the the way we said it is three-star banger is always better than a five-star so that's kind of that's also kind of where i'm at here but yeah th- this is really good and uh how often do you watch a thriller that thrills you that's like true and I, I was i yeah. was like i wasn't even on the edge of my seat i was trying not to look at the screen
0: <laughs> Not going to lie, Eric, f- throwing five stars down to fall would have been, been really helped on the, on the socials. Me, uh, Lois commented <laughs> well, down on hitter Greg would have, uh, really. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah. They, it, if you want to put five stars, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. But like, oh, for, A- for, Eric, for, I wouldn't do that. Bruce, would I ever do that to Eric Holmes and just put five I, stars I, on I, fall, I, even I think,
0: though he said it kind of obliquely? Would, would I do that, Bruce? Yeah, do
1: that. Uh, would, would you do that? The, yes, the thing, five stars from Eric Holmes, the, the weird thing is the way it, the way it yes, corrupted our, our star rating system. Yes. Makes, yes. No one wants to put three-star banger on their poster, but hey, if you want to put five stars and put my name under it, I'm fucking cool with it because I love this movie. Next rating is a Depeche Mode rating from Eric
0: Holmes. Is hashtag fly in the wind, fly in the windscreen. <laughs> so there's a lot of different ratings that we have here. We have six point nine stars, and what is there? Of course, remember the five star classic from from uh, Bruce Berkey. So don't blame yourself, Eric Holmes. And we are the we, elusive one star bang. yeah, banger.
2: The elusive one star banger. Did
1: we ever bring? Did we ever break that out?
2: Whenever yeah, I break I, that, I used one star banger that, on um, Gone in the Night. That was a one star yeah, banger. Yeah, that was Bruce's.
0: <laughs>
1: Those How dare ones. you
0: on that? Yes, you call it you call it yeah. trash, right? Entertainment,
2: entertaining trash. For yep, gun this, this the the movie is not is, trash, it, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> the difference is, it has to be really think it's doing something. Amazing and art, artistic to be that.
1: So yes.
0: So Eric Holmes, Eric Holmes gives it a three star, five stars, five stars, three star, five stars. (laughs) I'm editing it right now.
1: However many stars you want, just give them all of it because I I I love this movie. Give them all the stars. I I love this movie. Eric Holmes, find your hate it at the same time. I fucking hate it at the same time. But yes, yes. Like after after it's done, I'm like, okay, we're good. That was awesome. (laughs) Did, did you tell Scott
0: Man during your interview that you you loved it and you hated it at the same time during your interview? I, th-
1: I think I did. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, 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 I told too. him that it took 10 years off my life. Yeah.
0: Very, very funny. Very, very funny. So, okay. So that is three-star banger for Bruce Perky, three-star banger, but I, I made a, I'm not going to say I'm an executive decision. I made a very bottom line, horrible decision. <laughs> That's in cool, man. Five stars. See, you, you listeners, you heard it. That's cool. with Eric Holmes, five stars for Eric Holmes slash three-star banger, and I'm giving it four stars. Surprisingly, I thought was this was just going to be a three and a half star film. You know what else I'm really surprised with? That it's four stars? As probably Bruce and Eric will probably side-eye me during this review. This is a movie called Wife flag It's four stars. And I'm going to tell you... Oh, oh, he's shaking his head. Here's the thing. Jonathan Rees-Meyers, this is set in the future. Jonathan uh, Rees-Meyers, he plays a... Sort of a... Uh, one of these Philip K. Dick anti-heroes where he he goes out and he's hunting these artificial human beings who want to... Most of them are women. They want to actually... They're, they're artificial humans who they're actually... Their their job is to be the uh, placate their husband, like sort of their, no, oh. yeah. What, are, what were we saying, Air Combs? uh
1: Replicants,
0: it's kind or of like that, wives. Wives. right? Wives. Pretty much, wives. yeah, yeah. They're artificial human beings, okay. And their job right now is to make the men who can pay the money or the rich people who can pay, pay their money their their lifelong companions because they they never age, they they never kind of immortal because they're. <laughs> artificial human beings that is and that that is why this main character Elena Camporus she is the titular character in Wifelike because she's an artificial human being the thing is with her she is wondering this companion she's kind of wondering the guy she's with played by Jonathan Rhys Meyers he seems like a nice guy because he he so he's trying to uphold law and justice and trying to make sure that these replicants, these artificial human beings are lockstep and key with humanity, is he really doing the good job or is he actually putting a lot of these women or these artificial humans under his thumb and actually making them do his bidding under this whole big brother type of government? So that is the premise of Wifelike that is written and directed by James Bird. Yeah, look, it's 105 minutes and I looked at this poster and I saw, what there's six really attractive women in this poster, Elena Camporas, I really liked her as a as an actor. She's really cool, a really cool person. I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to give Eric and Bruce this screener link because I think it's going to be a cheesy, cool, sexy kind of sci-fi Philip K. Dick knockoff kind of movie. Nope, it's not. It actually subverts that trope. The poster looks like looks like it's going to be some cheesy sci-fi thing. But there's a lot more stuff under the surface regarding objectification, exploitation of, of women. And I was really, you look here, it says it's rated R for sexual content, nudity, violence, and language. Yes, it is an R rated film, but it plays within that genre. It's, it's one of these things where you, you, go in like, Hey, I'm, I can't wait to see this movie. Hot, hot girls who play, um, who are like really artificial beings. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, there's gonna be some sex and nudity. I'm down. And then you watch it and then you realize, wow, I'm a POS kind of <laughs> dude because this whole story is not really about having fun as a dumb red-blooded, in my case, fifty-year-old Asian male. No, it's really pointing out some other things in a very entertaining and interesting fashion. Sorry for the for the feedback. But yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Four stars. Available in Select The It's available on digital on August 12th. It's available in Select Theaters. I believe Elena Camporas, I haven't seen her on the Netflix short-lived series Jupiter's Legacy, but I did see her in one movie. I'm trying to remember what that other movie was, but she's excellent In this film, there is a little bit of a caveat bias to this. I recently interviewed Elena Camporas. Both Bruce and Eric know know that she actually, during the end of the interview, she sang me a song in Mandarin. So I was pretty much putty in her hands and no one's ever sung to me. Bruce and Eric, you never sing to me. What's going on, huh? Oh wait, I do I'm, all the time. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I just cut mind. it out. <laughs> I just, I just cut it out for the pur- purpose. Of, I'm sorry, Eric Holmes. I, so I, no, no. What
2: I heard is he, he wants Eric to sing to him more. On no more, the no more. That's and what I'm
0: no, no singing because we're, we're editing. But, <laughs> but Greg, I, I Greg. yes, sir. Uh huh. Very good, very good. Don't worry. That's only a two second edit. That's fine. I forgive you, Eric. Especially after this week for for uh, covering my bases. But so yeah, wife like would love to hear what you guys think of this movie. Again, if you're expe- expecting a cheesy exploitation sci fi film, you think you might get it. And this movie sort of sort of like a. Harper's in that but there's a lot more it traffics in a more positive social statement kind of thing which i i was surprised by so on that level i give this movie four stars for wife like would love to hear what you think hey there classmates tune in to middle class film class every monday and
2: wednesday for weekly movie news streaming picks and one deep dive review the batman trailer there was a teaser there was a trailer trailer one trailer two final trailer i don't know if it's the same one how many trailers do we need, exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion.
1: Bullshit artist! Oh, yeah, right. buddy! That's right. awesome. You're going full Danzig. That's right, I am. My, my trans- You, you have, have no, no power, power over me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up is another movie that I did not see. That's why I was talking for the next, uh, for the last five minutes. There's a movie called Emily the Criminal, which I am so sad that I did not get to see because as of five days ago, both Bruce and Eric were encouraging me to see, the, see this movie and I was way too late to the game. Bruce Perky, I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna throw this segment to you. This is gonna be a Emily the Criminal segment that you and you're gonna shepherd in with Eric Holmes, tell us what this movie's about, et etc. et cetera.
2: Okay. Uh, Emily the Criminal, directed by John Patton Ford, starring, well, the, it has several people in it that you'll know, but um, the main stars as Emily is Aubrey Plaza, which some people love or hate, but I mean, I think even if you have problems with her, I think this role might win you over. And then uh, the- Theo Rossi, or Theo Rossi? I don't know how you say his Theo, Rossi. Theo Rossi. Theo yeah. Rossi. From, from Sons of, of from, Anarchy. Uh, Sons yes. of Anarchy? Yeah. yeah. You know him from there. He's, he's kind of the other main lead in this. And then you also have some smaller roles by, uh, Gina Gershon and some, some other people you might recognize. This is a pretty interesting, cool little movie. And in fact, we had highlighted this on, uh, cinematics as a possible interesting movie for this week, but we weren't really sure. So the basic concept is, um, it starts out with Emily and she is, I mean, she's kind of your stereotypical, um, I don't know, zoomer or maybe not quite zoomer. Maybe she's a little, a little bit, little bit older than that. But you know, trying to make ends meet, not making a ton of money, working in the service industry. But she also has a, a criminal, a little bit of a criminal background. Like she has been charged or convicted of, uh, I think, assault. And that comes out right in the beginning. So it's harder for her to get higher level jobs, but she's still just trying to work straight and narrow. She is delivering like food and stuff, kind of like, um, what do you call it? Uh, DoorDash, sort of a DoorDash-y kind of thing. Sure. And she's doing that one night and, and, this guy says to her he wants to to he has to be away for part of his shift and he gives her a number and he says hey you know if you uh, help me with the shift call this number and it's a quick 200 bucks and she's like i don't know whatever she calls the number and she goes and finds out it's basically this group that will um do small time small time scams you know they'll uh take a fake credit card in they'll buy a big ticket item they'll bring it out back out and they'll make the money for the people who get the item and the item, the item obviously gets sold on the black market somewhere. Thus is her entrance into a criminal, slowly into a criminal possible life. But it's very, very grounded and really interesting. And it's really interesting the way that she, I I would say, I'm going to see what Eric says too, but it's really interesting in the way that she um, navigates this world, because you think that she might be one way, like you might think she's just going to be, really scared and timid and nervous and she has that aspect but she also has a very bold aspect to her personality which is very fun and interesting to watch and unpredictable within the scenarios and lastly but not least this this movie is something that's kind of rare right now which is a really smart lean crime drama but it has these several, several scenes, I would say two or three scenes of really good tension where you like, you know, the stakes, you know what they're going to do. You don't know how it's going to play out, but you're expecting something, something in each of those little scenes is probably going to go sideways. And you're just not sure how, and you're just not sure what the results are going to be. And that for me drove me through this whole movie. And I thought it was an interesting character study, really interesting character study with some great, great character moments but also some great tense crime moments. Wow. That's high praise for Emily, the criminal. Do you agree with regarding Bruce's
0: review? Eric Holmes.
1: Yeah. Uh, this, so the opening scene of this is her trying to get a job. And then the, uh, the, her, her boss or whoever it is, that's uh, trying to hire. Her. I was like, Oh, so, was or we did a background check, but I didn't look at it. is there anything that we should know? And she's like, Nope. And it's like, well hey we did find out that you have a criminal background she's like why didn't you say so and then she starts ripping into him i'm like oh fuck yes oh fuck that guy go fuck him and then uh (laughs) audrey plaza is ripping into him i just fucking love it i honestly i want to see another movie where it's just six hours of audrey plaza ripping into fucking smug assholes Uh, (laughs) and uh but yeah, it's, yeah, she's kind of going through, uh, trying to, trying to, uh, do her job that she's able to get while still trying to do this other thing. And then she keeps getting fucked with. She, she's like the, she's like the don't fuck with me character because I'll fuck you back harder. Um, but it doesn't play like that. Like it, this seems like a more realistic version. Um, like she always goes back to get hers and, um, and it's really satisfying to watch because every time she goes back to get hers, it's like a hundred thousand percent justified in what she's doing. Um, it's like you know where I live. Now I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like and every scene where where she just gets to take charge and just uh, really sticks it because they they always they always have those uh, scenes where she's just getting shit on. And then normally um, in a movie, you would watch someone get shit on and you'd feel bad for them. But there's almost like immediately comeuppance every time that happens. And then so whenever someone shits on her, it's like, oh, you done fucked up. Let's see what she's going to do. <laughs> and then when she goes back and just kind of pushes back, it, it it just makes it. This movie is so fucking satisfying in that regard. Okay. I so just, right. That. That. Yeah. Oh,
2: really quick. Sorry. I was going to add to it. I I think you're exactly right, but say what you think about this too, Eric. It does a weird trick where she isn't like – you always feel like she's still in danger and in threat. Like she isn't invincible. Like She keeps going back or she keeps pushing back in situations where you would – a lot of times these movies not see them push back in that way or that quickly – and you're like worried for her every time. And there are consequences that happen to her too, but we're not going to say exactly what those consequences are. But at the same time, she continually shows herself to be really fearless in a way that's almost
1: reckless. Right. <laughs> so um, I thought my thoughts on her character is that she's pretty much invincible Um, and, and not, not in a bad way, just in that she's not going to take shit. And if she's got it, if she's got to play, you know, she's got to back off a bit and take a couple hits. She will, but she's coming back after, (laughs) like, if you're going to take her down, you better kill her because she, you know, if you don't, she's going to come back for blood next time. But that, that played uh that kind of buildup played off really well at the end, which things we won't talk about. Right. Um. But I think, you know what I'm talking about when she finds out something, it's like, Oh yeah. But, i mean we would have to do a spoiler thing on that but um it it really paid off then and yeah this movie's really fucking good you know i want to see audrey plaza just fucking rip people new. in fact you know what i want to do i want to give this movie a one star talk shit on it so aubrey plaza can come on the show and just tell me what a piece (laughs) of shit i am and what a smug asshole i am and fuck me for we did this, blah blah blah, and just oh fucking go off. That's so amazing, that that would be that's sweet. So, We're
2: entering into Eric's fantasy territory now. <laughs> <laughs> that is you very want to very have good. A Batman, a Batgirl, cat <laughs> <suit> thing <laughs> A little bit.
0: Eric Holmes, what is your rating on Emily the Criminal? Oh god,
1: we might have another three star banger slash five star movie in there. <laughs> five yeah, we're, star, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll go five stars on this.
0: Five stars for for Bruce. Bru- this,
1: this was a fucking awesome week. I really? Gotta tell you. Oh yeah! Between this and the fall, I'm like, woohoo! Yeah, between this and fall, hey, huge five-star
0: three stars, three-star banger for air combs and aka five stars for air combs. How many stars do you give this, Bruce <laughs> Emily the Criminal? Well, I'm gonna just be boring and go four and a half. How's that? Four and a <laughs> half stars for Bruce Perky. For this is really high. So right now, as we're speaking, ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You guys think that's? A, an appropriate number for it sounds okay. a bit low, but you know whatever sounds sounds a bit low, Mike. I really <laughs> missed out. And look, um, okay. I'm going to make an excuse for myself because I'm that kind of lily-livered coward who would do it. The reason why I wasn't able to see Emily the Criminal, and I apologize, is because there are three other movies I just realized on Bruce Berkey's Google Doc that I have to review. And I'm not going to review these movies right now. That's just too much for me to, to speak. I, You know why, folks? On our Cinematics Facebook um, group... I think Joseph Bridges did some kind of meme of Silence of the Lambs, and it was basically <laughs> me playing. Who's that? Who's that guy? Bruce? What's the name of that guy? The guy with the puts Buffalo, the lotion on the, Buffalo Greg. Buffalo Greg, Greg basically <laughs> insinuating that I don't let Eric and Bruce out of that little what? What is it? Hole down in the bottom and put, wait. And, was she a
1: really big fat person?
0: <laughs> Very good, Eric. Put
1: lotion on the skin, or else it gets uh, hose again.
0: Yeah, and uh, Joseph Bridges. Was, I think it was Joseph. Bridges. Like a Joseph billy or,
1: version.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think our buddy Joseph Bridges was insinuating that I I actually hog the mic too much on the podcast. Which, fair enough, fair enough. So yes, the three movies I was going to review and mention: Mac and Rita rom com starring Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton in theaters August twelfth, only in theaters. summering a move, the movie direct uh, by director James Ponsoldt. You might know James Ponsoldt for the films The End of the Tour. And the spectacular now. Actually, I really feel bad that I didn't get a screening link for Bruce and Eric for this. Just basically several, uh, girls are 11 and 12. They find a dead body out somewhere in the field. I know it sounds like stand by me, but it is something, a very special coming of age film that with a lot of, uh, with a lot of interesting narrative flourishes. And I really enjoy this movie as well. Mac and Rita, like I, the, I, I mentioned as well with the Diane Keaton, really cool romantic comedy and a movie called Rogue Agent based on The true life story of this guy who was uh, claiming to be an agent and he would put people under his spell and a lot of bad ramifications would happen. And that stars Gemma Archerton. And that's Rogue Agent, Summering, and Mac and Rita. I'm lumping these all together because I am not going to I overcome the prejudice against me regarding face group, Facebook group members. I'm giving all these movies four stars. These are all worthwhile. The, wow. These are all four-star movies. Yes, yes. Mag and Rita, Summering, and Rogue Agent. I know our buddy Andrew Martin is just, as I'm saying this right now, he's just <laughs> spit spitaking whatever is in his mouth right now. And we're sorry, Andrew Martin, from Andrew <laughs> Watches' movies. Spitaki mushrooms. Spitaki, <laughs> spit-taki, spit-taki, my my four-star ratings for all three of those movies, not including the aforementioned... Wifelike, which I hope, you know, there's a, Bruce, I did a de- decent job right for, I did four, I went off the, you know, I went off the tracks a little bit. I, I did my own four movies out of Wifelike, Rogue Agent, Summering, Mac and Rita. What what's, what's the movie that you wish you actually got to see?
2: Well, if Mac and Rita is what I think it is, which is, it's the little alien from Mac and Me and Diane Keaton. In in the later times of their lives, <laughs> I I think I want to see that. That sounds really interesting. That, is that what that is? That
0: very good. Maybe it stars Paul Rudd as well. Mac and Rita. That is not what it is. But so maybe I'm just going to put you down for Mac and Rita. One of these days, put that in the box in six months from now. Eric Holmes. What's some mo- those movies? Mac and Rita, Summering, rogue agent, or wife like? Which is a that one movie that maybe or maybe none of them.
1: What do you think? Is there a uh, I, one? Oh, the wife flight sounds good. Hmm, wife like sounds like a good like kind of Thai concept sort of thing. So we'll, mm. we'll check that out and see how it goes.
0: Okay, very very interesting.
1: Let's see. Maybe I can get you a screening link, and maybe
0: you can do a rewind and say, Greg, you know what? Just because Elena Campora sang you a Mandarin song, a song in Mandarin, well, does, does not make you give it four she stars. Singing, yes. does she sing a
1: wife like though?
0: She she uh mentioned she there's a little bit of Mandarin in this movie as well. So yeah. But there's does she of-
1: sing in Mandarin? No, she does not
0: sing in then Mandarin. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I wanna do one the- <laughs> very good I'm going to bring Aubrey Plaza right now to, to, to <laughs> scream at you okay now let's get to our recommends for this week look I'm really you know I'm, I give a lot of credit to Eric he was doing a lot of work this week and he still even on his off time decided hey I'm going to go to theaters I'm going to watch Bullet Train middle of the week yeah. and I said you know what Eric I don't want to hear it on the main just, just hodgepodge it one of these days but know what I want to hear if Bullet Train's any good was it worth you taking time out of your week just on an off peak time, just to watch Bullet Train starring Brad Pitt. Is it worth it? Dude, should people wait for streaming or pay their hard earned money for a matinee or a full, full uh, showing?
1: So one of the things I was hoping for was like a really big, really, really big, cool action scene like uh, they had in Atomic Blonde and that they didn't really have one of those here. Um, but it wasn't that kind of movie. This was more like a snatch type of movie where you just got the really big, broad characters. They're all stuck on a train. Brad Pitt's constantly trying to get off the train because he goes in, gets exactly what he needs, about to get off the train every time he does. Like something's always keeping him on there. It's kind of, uh, the character that, so a lot of the action isn't over the top, but the characters are certainly over the top. Uh, this is fun. I think. I think this is a movie that Bruce would uh hate with every fiber of his being, but I think Greg would have fun with this. <laughs> so the, oh. this is uh the, this is kind of like a this kind of like a good version of the Gray Man, I think. You know, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> uh the the action even though they don't have like the really big super action scene, the action is done really well cuz David Leach is just good at that. And they have some uh they have some kind of uh clever funny 20 parts like I'm, you know i i was having a good time with it i i see like the the reviews aren't great and i get that but this is one of those movies if you can get on its wavelength you'll have some fun with it if you can't you know you're just it is it, just nothing i can tell you that's gonna change your mind um but uh they do have some really great cameos in it you can look those up what those are you can look those up, what they are if you want. Uh but yeah, there was uh there was like three or four times it's like, oh hey. <laughs> um I just listened in, I just listened to uh the film Vault last mm-hmm. night and yes. uh they were talking about it. Brian mentioned oh what the fuck's the guy's name. God damn it. I can't remember his name. The mm-hmm. fucking uh what, what what one of the actors in there. And now what? I can't remember his because my Aaron friend. Aaron Taylor Aaron Taylor, there you Taylor go. Johnson. Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson uh Brian mentioned that he didn't know it was him until the end um and then Anderson was giving him shit for it I probably have to give me shit too cuz I felt the exact same way I was like oh shit that's him okay <laughs> um yeah yeah this is uh this is some good uh fun stuff uh if you want to you know take some friends go to the theater I, I think this is one of those movies, like, uh, you'll see the battery views and maybe go see it in the theater with a couple friends. And it's like, I don't know. Well, this just got Brad Pitt, so we'll check it out. And then you will watch the movie and they come out and go, Why did they hate that? That was that was pretty cool. So uh maybe this is uh maybe this movie benefits on low expectations, but I really enjoyed my time watching it. And I watched it in the I watch in the, the IMAX, but I don't think this was shot on IMAX. I think they just projected on that screen. Maybe I don't know how that works. But uh anyway. Mm. Um if you like it, seeing it on a bigger screen, maybe go IMAX. But I, I don't think this is an IMAX movie. I could be wrong, but it didn't strike me that way. So just a uh, regular screening probably be good enough at that, you know, in that regard. But yeah, yeah, old train, uh, pretty fun. A lot better than I thought it was gonna be, and. Yeah, I'll I'll go uh I'll go three and a half stars on this one. Oh, three and a half stars? Okay, yeah. so it's
0: worth watching. Okay, so it's
1: yeah. worth watching. That is, you know, yeah, bullet train. A little good, so a little good, a little bad, but you know, keep your expectations low. You know what? This is a one star movie, but go see it. <laughs> go in <laughs> with, so, with the one star mindset and you're gonna be like, no, that's not one star, that's pretty good. Okay, cool. Cool. So that is is Bullet
2: Train currently out in theaters right now. Bruce, what is your recommend for this week? Uh, Mine is Wolf Children, which is directed by uh, Mamoru Mamoru Hosoda, which I can never say right, who did Belle this year that we loved. He also did Mirai, which I uh, talked about, I don't know, about five months ago, six months ago as well. And uh, I've been hearing about Wolf Children for a long time. This one, unfortunately, you have to find, I think right now you have to find a physical copy I don't believe it's streaming or even rentable to stream anywhere in the United States right now, which is really a shame. This should be like, uh, I don't know, like Spirited Away or some of those kind of movies it should be easily available for vast audiences. This is generally considered his best movie. I still think I like Belle just a little bit more, but oh. Wolf Children is, uh, and but they're different. They're very different. So that's They're both great. They're, they're both great. Yes, they're both okay. great. It just kind of depends on your mood, right? So Belle is big. Big movie, a lot of really um, kind of dazzling scenes and a lot, a lot going on. And this movie is very, very small, but it's also one of those movies when you hear it, you're like, how do they pull that off and make that an emotional, <laughs> you know, dramatic or whatever kind of movie? The basic concept is you have this young woman, uh, Hannah, and you see very quickly, Oh, actually it starts out and it's a voiceover by one of the wolf children as a grown up girl. So she has two children a son and a daughter and the daughter is voiceover telling you the story of how her mom and dad met at the beginning and her mom is just a you know a college student university student and their dad is basically a werewolf <laughs> but he looks like a guy he looks like the kind of um standard you know anime brooding you know hair mostly over his face kind of a bad boy dude that's quiet in the corner and they kind of start to have a relationship and very quickly she discovers he's a wolf you know he can turn into a wolf very early on something happens to him and she's left alone with her two children after they've been together for you know about three or four years now she just has the two children she decides to take them off into the country because she doesn't know what she's gonna do with these kids who when the kids get emotional because they're half human half wolf when they get emotional they'll just like start going around on the floor like dogs and they'll sprout ears and they'll start, you know, acting like half wolves. And it's really cute. It's amazing how they do it. Really, really fun. But she's could freak freaked out that, you know, they're gonna do that and someone's gonna see it and, you know, go after her kids or take them away or something's gonna happen. So she goes, I'm gonna live out in the country all by myself and keep them away from the world so this never happens and let them hopefully grow up to the point where they can decide what they want to be if they want to be live their white life as wolves or they want to live their lives as um humans and that's kind of the basis of, of the story and it's just this and like the other movies of his they're absolutely gorgeously animated beautiful and this movie if you remember in bellhouser it's like the human side of it the human real, real story, and then there's the in-the-you universe story. This feels like the human side of that movie Bell, where it's just like, it's very gentle, very, um, it's very quiet, and you kind of just will sink into this almost idyllic country life with this mom and her two kids, and of course, slowly it will develop into the issue of them becoming wolves and how their lives will be lived. And it's Like all of his movies, you're probably going to cry or at least tear up at some point, but you're going to love it, and it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. It's really, really good, and if you can get into that vibe, I think you will really quite love Wolf Children.
0: This is a shame. It's not really readily available. Oh yeah, it's just I don't know why. I mean, I just one of those things. Just you you assume with physical media, streaming services that all of any kind of good movie would be available, but this is. A point, in fact, I'm wondering how – I'm not – Peter Beta got it, but we're not We're – I'm sure it's on the up and up, Pete. We're not saying anything. We love you. We love you. We love Shrek Retold. But that's so cool that you were able to get it from Peter Beta,
2: you know? Yeah, and I I mean, I would buy this when I get a chance. I'll buy a copy of this, just like I did Bell. I think this is it, – it's it's understandable when you have this really weird little indie quirky movie that it might drop out and might be easy to find. But when you have a movie that's like obviously – this beautiful and big and there's obviously money behind this this is not like a cheapo you know animation or anything you have no idea why this shouldn't be at least it should at least be on like disney plus or whatever pick a streaming hulu tubi <laughs> i mean it should be somewhere
1: right we love
0: Tubi. we love to tubi. yeah, Tubi's so, great yeah okay so that is wolf children i feel a bit melancholic and wistful that wolf children is a movie that cannot be appreciated by a lot of people only Bruce Berkey and the aforementioned Peter Beta. And aren't you a little bit sad, Eric Holmes, that Wolf Children will not be at your doorstep to to watch? It seems like a really cool movie. Aren't you a little bit sad that you're only going to be watching Mac and Rita, that Diane Keaton movie all weekend? (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs)
1: Uh, Not too sad because like, even though it sucks that like certain movies aren't, uh, you can't find them on streaming. It's always nice to have a uh, a hard to find physical media thing. Um, It's like, well, that's my new unicorn i'm looking for yep. although i'll probably go to entertain Mart and they'll probably have eight copies of it just sitting there but go buy one <laughs> yeah how, how good is that
0: selection on entertain Mart?
1: Really uh, good it, 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 it depends there's like certain movies like you'll look certain movies that like are like for instance i was looking for uh blood in blood out and they didn't have a copy mm-hmm. of that for the longest time i just kept you know i kept going in there it's like do you got blood in blood out and I'm like no no um you got blood and blood out? No, no. And then uh one day I go there and all of a sudden they have this uh this stand with like a hundred copies of blood and blood out. So they went from no copies for like all, almost a year and a half to all of a sudden now they got like a hundred copies. So they, it just all depends on what they have and what they can get when they can get it. Speaking of what they can get, what they can get it, what were
0: you showing on the screen, Bruce Burkey? Not blood and yeah. blood out. What what were you showing?
2: I mean, I got this. I like put my body in front of me, oh, See, I got oh, this movie, oh, which is right, like right. Is that the, the impossible to find possession. crazy special edition where you open it up and there's like the soundtrack and like two different versions and the all, all kinds of crap. 24-page booklet. And I got it from them.
1: It's amazing. 24-page booklet? Bruce, who wants to read? Come on, I nerd. <laughs> I don't read it. I just <laughs> look at it pictures you know
2: but i mean ha, have you been able to watch to, it yeah it looks, again oh. oh yeah yeah I, I i'm waiting to watch it another time because at some point this will become available and it will become a director spotlight or something because we have to watch and talk about this movie at some time when it's easily available
0: yes uh, you've been watching and talking and hanging out with peter Beta all week bruce murky sometimes when he's not when he's not doing the podcast with his brethren you know uh T- tyler and uh joseph what is Ooh, that, that's so beautiful the possession um, it's got, coming in and out of the, the wolf yeah, children no, but come the can you can you tell us what is peter beta doing right now as part of our show what does he do every single week on find your film bruce parky
2: he drips the boat wait dri- <clears throat> He drips, drips the boat. Is he drips, dripping
0: boat right now? Uh, the
2: boat dripping, man, son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> is, is he a boat dripper? What is he? What is he, air Holmes? Is he a
1: boat dripper or what is he? That's a
2: good Beatles song. Boat <laughs>
1: dripper. There's a beat boat, boat, boat dripper? dripper. Pete, come and drip on my boat.
0: There's no <laughs> boat dripping, Pete. Don't, don't
1: don't don't boat drip that drip. Boat. Drop hey, that yeah, beat and and then drip that boat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking
0: box? <laughs> All right, box movie. It is shared by <laughs> Eric Holmes. It is shared by Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. This is a joint venture in this box movie. Let us hear your choice. This that's not, not actually your choice. It's a choice from our from a, a, a really good buddy of ours who is a uh, Mitch Burns. Oh, really? Mitch Burns. We love Mitch Burns from the Hollywood persona. He has his own Facebook page and he does stuff for the film vault and he's part of our cinematics facebook group he's just a very vital important member of our whole community bruce what's the movie that mitch picked for us for you the and eric this week
2: movie is uh, enough said from 2013 directed by nicole holof center i haven't don't know if i've seen other movies that been directed but i think they she's written a lot right i think she did the last duel recently yeah, I think she wrote that or co-wrote that with, yeah, with um, Ben and
0: Matt. Too, I for think that.
2: they each wrote like a third of it. Yeah. I think you're right. Which her third was the best. I'll have to say. that's <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> this, I believe is available on, um, I think, I want to say Cinemax. It's on one of the services I don't have. So I rented it, but you can rent it. It is available to rent streaming for a couple of three bucks. So it's a uh, pretty easy to get if you do want to get it, which I would say you might want to do. Uh, this, uh, famously stars James Gandolfini in his final role. I do believe I could be wrong about that. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and, uh, Tony Collette, Catherine Keener, some other people, but those are probably the biggest names that you'll easily recognize. This is, well, how do you describe this? This is what you get when you have adult humans being adults and grownups ups and having an interesting, I guess you'll call it a rom-com because it is comedic and there is romance, but it's also just that unpredictable human story that are so great when you do get them. Like, uh, I think of like Driveways or something, you know, we watch that and it's like, it fits categories, but it also doesn't fit categories. And this movie is one of those. And it just starts out and you watch Julie, uh, Louis Dreyfus's character, and she's just, she's, um goes on appointments and is a massage therapist. And she has, you know, various people she visits. You kind of watch this little montage of her visiting people and she has her friends, but she's been divorced for a while and she's just kind of living her life. And, you know, she's not like super sad sack or lonely, but she's also, and she's also not really actively looking for anybody. She's just kind of, you know, in the middle of her life, not attached to anybody at the moment. And she ends up going to a party one night. And one of the people she gets introduced offhand to is James Gandolfini's character, and he's in a similar boat. He's at the same. In fact, they actually bond over the fact that they're not really looking for anybody and they're not really attracted to anybody. And they're just, they don't like the game, I guess you'd say. And as it pro- progresses, they have this really natural friendship slash romance. Cause immediately it has some, some flirtatiousness to it, but it's very, it just, it progresses in a really natural and, un, um, it's, it's not it's not fake. It's just like they're not going on a, you know, a formal date. They're just hanging out and doing stuff and all of a sudden they're noticing that they really like each other. And that's kind of the beginning thirds of the movie. And then it goes to some other places, but throughout the one thing you can't you can't avoid is first of all, we all miss James Gandolfini immensely. And when you watch this movie, you're like, yes. "Oh my god, how much more could we have gotten because this is like It almost, I mean, not that it isn't, but it almost feels like a coming out party. It's almost like, oh, damn, he can do this too. And he didn't get to do this very much. You know, he played so many tough guys and bad guys and kind of bad guys. And everyone knew he's a good actor, but they didn't give him these kind of roles. And having this kind of role just showed you like, oh, my God, what else could we have got from James Gandolfini if he'd been around all this time and continued to be around? And the chemistry between them is fantastic. And it's just you just love these characters so much that you just don't want to leave the world. I, I didn't want to leave the world. I thought it was just, it's just, it's really great. It's, and it's not, it's not fireworks and not huge. The stakes are just human life stakes, but there's enough going on. There's enough of an arc that it, it draws you through as well. I love it. Quite a good movie.
0: Yes. And Eric Holmes, you agree enough. enough said, did you love it as much as boosted
1: uh, Nicole Halsner, H- H- Halsner, Yeah. H- Halsner. Uh She also wrote, uh, what was that? Uh, here we go. Can you ever forgive me? Which, um, based on the, uh, based on the, uh, story that this one goes on kind of makes sense. Cause, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character, she's like, you know, it, it's nothing earth shattering that she does. It's just, you know, she's just being a human and does human things and fucks up and whatever. Um, also James Gandolfini, this is not his last one. His last one was The drop, which came out. Mm. So this is the second to last one. Um, didn't know that off the top of my head. I looked it up, but uh, yeah, that this is good stuff. I I love the chemistry between Julia, Louise drivers and James Gandolfini. They were gonna have to figure out a way to Frankenstein them back to life, but you know, yeah, that's right. for smarter people than us to do, or exactly. crazier, however, that works out. But I love their chemistry. Um, I kind of like what Bruce said, I love how uh, realistic everything was. It, um, It this is kind of like a, kind of like a, a chick flick, but it doesn't have the, what do you call it? It doesn't have the cliches. Like it, it does, but like the cliches kind of play out in a more natural way. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. If that, if that was real life, that's probably how that, how that would go. Whereas normally in a movie like this, you watch go, you just kind of let it go because it's like, okay, this is a movie. This is how we're going to get through there. But yeah, it was, it was great seeing them together. Um, And again, it was great seeing James Gandolfini kind of uh, play this kind of more low-key role, this uh, kind of everyman sort of thing. And yeah, this is, hey, Mitch, good pick. (laughs) This is a great one. Yeah, Mitch has great taste in movies.
0: That is Enough Said, directed and penned by Nicole Hall of Center, starring James Gandolfini and Julia Louise Dreyfus. What is your rating on this, Eric Holmes, for Enough Said?
1: I'd probably go four stars on this. Four stars. Um, on a good day might even go up to four and a half uh the, this is like uh if you're in a movie for or if you're in the mood for like one of those uh kind of uh rom-com sort of things this is one of the better ones uh it's not like a laugh riot so maybe rom-com is the bad example of that but it, if you like a a good uh adult love story th- this will this will do that okay and you what about you bruce I think I
2: came out of it with four stars. I think I've grown a little on it. I think right now I'm four and a half. Like I said, like Eric says, it could kind of go either way. I really think if you think of the movie driveways, kind of that quiet kind of relationships, but you really enjoy the characters so much. You want to see what happens. I feel like that's kind of where it lives, even though it is in more rom-com, like, like he says, it's like a rom-com kind of in the story, but the way it's presented is not like, the average rom-com okay so that is enough said that is the box
0: movie before we go we're always going to check what is in the box for possibly next week oh, yes. what's in the bleeping, this always, yes, always,
2: what's the bleeping box yes can you bleep me yeah what's in the box i have a bunch oh. of new stuff to put into the box too and i haven't i haven't clipped up my piece of paper and folded them up or including what's in suggested.
1: the box is it possible? Who's in the box? Who's in the box, in the box bro? Who's in the box? <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Who's in the box? You're going like this one, Eric. This was suggested
2: by someone you know, Jonathan Martin Ives. All right,
0: Kroll. Nice Kroll, K R U L L. <laughs> we'll see how. Maybe I'm.
1: Hopefully, it's on Tubi. We'll see if if Kroll's available on Just Watch. It we'll seems go to like
2: Just. It should be on Tubi. Okay, <laughs> Kroll is on the kind of movies.
1: I think I got, I got like 10 crawls in the backyard. I'll, I'll send one to you guys. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's so very, very cool. Okay, so next week's
0: What's in the Box movie mm-hmm. is a film called Crawl. Again, regarding uh, our stuff, I haven't been, been doing too much work on our website, but yes, findyourfilms.com is where you can reach our website. But obviously, uh, if you have any questions, hit us up at info at findyourfilms.com Bruce and Eric are readily readily available to speak and and uh, converse with you on on our cinematics Facebook group there even though I'm the one who created it with with Anderson uh, they're basically the admins on it they're the ones who actually look out for it and and really uh it's a great great group you any, anything else you want to say about the group the cinematics Facebook group Eric Holmes Bruce Burke anything off the top of your head Joseph uh, kind of, yes yeah, sir
1: they're great they're great and oh fucking uh joseph bridges with his uh mm-hmm. ridiculously obscure
2: frame yeah the no. find your frame has become has like spread like a virus i think into the group <laughs>
0: right anyway it started with the find your frame with with bruce perky and then andrew martin does of his own uh, find your find your frame ridiculously as well obscure uh, ridiculously
1: obscure stuff I, I, and... I can't wait to see like uh uh joseph bridges uh finder film game where he just pick some uh obscure uh actor or director no one's heard of and so you're oh, just going through their MDB going never heard of it I, never heard no of idea, it never heard okay. of it don't know I, I don't seem sure it. nope nope never heard of it never
0: <laughs> yes andrew martin cracked on me today he was saying hey uh, would, would you recommend anything this week greg or is there anything that you wouldn't recommend i go so far not nothing i wouldn't recommend this week and he goes well let me rephrase that which one of these are you giving three and a half stars to? <laughs> so it's amazing, very good. Thank you. Uh, check out Andrew Martin over at Andrew watches movies. He's a very, very good podcaster, and I, I listen to his stuff. I listen to the Middle Class, Film Class, Movie Movie Bears podcast. What else? Uh, Force Five. What else, guys? What else? What other movie podcasts are Let's worth it? Let's crash this parade. Let's crash this parade from uh, Jack Fitzpatrick. So yeah. a lot of good stuff. Hopefully,
1: we'll be having him on soon. So we'll see. Yeah, see. And if anyone listening to this, because uh, we had Kyle McFadden, we had to fun doing the finder film game. If anyone else wants to come on and uh if you guys want to promote, great. If not, that's cool too. Maybe you're just uh drunk at two thirty in the morning and you wanna drunk dial me over the uh Facebook Messenger and go, I totally want to do a finder film game. I was watching Eddie Murphy movies and we got to do it. (laughs) I mean, that's probably a thing that could happen. So just throwing that out there.
0: That is a good that. And it's really cool because comic patent was a fan of the find your film game. And it was cool that he was able to play it with Eric Holmes. And it's it's
1: fun playing it just with other people because you always get you you always think, you know, what, what you would pick. But like when you mix in a bunch of people in there, you never quite come out with the same answer. Unless, I, uh, I wish I would have been on your Coen Brothers one and I could have challenged you guys. <laughs> See, that, that's exactly how that works.
0: <laughs> that would have been cool. Okay, speaking of challenge,
2: as we do you have any challenging final thoughts before we go, Bruce Perky? I do. They're challenging for Eric because, I mean, you should probably go out. I mean, I, I'm sure Bobcat's there with you, right? Can can Bobcat go out? And tell us something on the way out. No,
1: I can't do a Bobcat. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no Bobcat impressions for Eric Holmes. You are absolved this week because you did the Damn the it. fall the interview for fall. I don't. I think I think there is no other interesting insights from Bruce Perky. I think I'm just going to say we will see you next week here, guys. On the what? what Eric, you think like well,
1: I say I'll work on my Bobcat impression uh, after I'm done getting all the crows out of the back. Chair, they're eating on the lettuce.
0: <laughs> okay, well, you know what? We might as well end on, on crawl. On that note, we'll see you next week here on Find Your Film.